welcome to the Babylon Bruja Book Club Podcast. It's your village, Kapwatids, Steph, and Aimee. Here we are together again, and as always, in efforts to decolonize our minds, bodies, and reconnect with spirit by ways of relation via conversation, of education, interpretation, and integration. So, this is our invitation for you to join us on our journeys as we discuss the works of honored artists, authors, and thought leaders across the Philippinex diaspora. Quick disclaimer, we want to acknowledge that in this moment, everyone is exactly where they need to be. And since we are not experts, yet we are sharing our own unique lived experiences, we invite you to take or toss any statements, any opinions, any words we may use as you choose. And we are so glad you found your way here. Hi, sis. Hi, sissy sis. Welcome back to the Steph and Imi show. Welcome back, Babylon Brujas, to another episode. Thank you for tuning in. It's the in. next episode. Ooh, that's a good... Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm finding the words. It's not coming out. Like bumper music. Nate Dog, rest mm-hmm. in peace. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Was that him? Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Let's go. So as always, before we begin, we want to take a moment to ground, taking a pause to drop into our bodies and become fully present in this space. If it's safe for you, Um, We invite you to close your eyes, straighten your spine, and focus focus on your breath. So inviting you to take a few deep inhales and breathe your belly button out. And then exhale, breathe your belly button in, your spine. Inviting you one more time. Don't worry about yesterday, tomorrow. Just come back here in this space. And as we begin our conversation, we'd like to thank God, Bathala, Creator, for another beautiful gathering. In gratitude, we acknowledge our benevolent ancestors and we invite them into this conversation today. We want to acknowledge the ancestors of the lands I mean I reside on, knowing we cannot do our own remembrance work without remembering them. For I mean, that's the Shawnee, Hopewell, Miami, and Adena people in Ohio. And for me, that's the Bay Miwok Yokut people in the Inland Bay Area of California. We also acknowledge and invite our guides and source to be with us to support and guide this conversation. And we hope that they support and guide you too. And with gratitude, we also acknowledge your presence, your energy and light, no matter wherever and whenever you're tuning in. Thank you, sis. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. So this is our 92nd decolonizing heart check. Okay. You go first. Me? Yes. Okay. You ready? Let's go. Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. That's what I'm talking about. All right. 
is a, it's 90 seconds mm-hmm. hello why does it do one okay apple why can't we do 90 seconds i do one yep. minute and 30 <laughs> i'm complaining first world problems okay three two one so decolonization i've been thinking a lot about consumerism mm. meaning mm. I feel like I'm at a point where I get to check myself on the reasons I consume things. So the the things that I consume have been different now. They're um, since I've been on my decolonization journey, like I'm trying to support, um, you know, Filipinx uh, makers and like indigenous artists and things that are like, you know, support other communities, different communities around the world but I'm still consuming at a rapid rate, at an, um, an, at an American rate. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, even though it's different things that I'm consuming, I'm still like, ooh, I need, I want, I need, I want, gimme, gimme. That's cool. That's shiny. That's pretty. That's Sparkly. neat. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Am I, did, was that time? No, you still got time. Yeah. So I find myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, those things are good, like to support indigenous artists, et cetera, is a good thing. And I need to check myself before I just go ahead and consume just for consuming sake, you know, because there's that energy, there's an energy of that. Okay. Ah, so you're checking your consuming yeah and i'm like okay it's fine it's fun because i'm supporting i'm supporting communities i'm etc etc and that's true except like the heart behind it do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, it's just like okay you're you're just eating just to eat you know when you're already full like you don't need to consume anymore like overcome some yeah that's what i mean you're portioning your your consumption yes portion control and buying brown I'm buying brown. And I'm like, oh, I'm buying brown. Just like, oh, all the food is healthy. I'm just going to eat all of it and continue to eat it. It's like, well, no, you still have to like think about how much you consume. Oh, that was more than 90 seconds. Okay. (laughs) (coughs) So buy brown and checking with your portions. Yes. Beyond your food. Be, Be whatever you consume. Tell it to the toilet paper people. Right. But I digress. Brown people don't worry about that because what we've been doing and top of that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. Ready? And go. So I've been decolonizing this while I'm very appreciative of the capitalistic opportunities America has presented for people to run their own business and, you know, uh, build a life, the American dream. I'm feeling like part of decolonizing is recognizing that you don't have to be a sole entrepreneur. You can totally run something together, which is make bringing me back to the indigenous village days. So decolonizing, I don't know what to say. It's like, it's like a, not capitalism, but like group capitalism. Like, <laughs> yeah. your, your face is like, whoa, because it's like, 
we could all eat, but we could eat and work together because that's what we did in the village. Like there was a doctor, there was, you know, um, a chef, there was, uh, you know, the, the farmers, uh, the, the weavers, yeah, yeah. The, the fishermen, all that stuff. And, and it's like, we don't have to like be all like, oh, I can do this all by myself because what happens, like we just get tired. So it takes a village is when I'm like downloading about decolonizing how we run business. Like you don't have to be like, I got to do this all by myself. So I think delegating and working together. Yeah. Part of that, like indigenous is the future thing. That was time, but that is, that's a whole download sis. You think so? No, because I I do the solopreneur thing. Like you do. And it's a lot. I'm right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm like doing my taxes. I got to like figure out my taxes for 2021 and find receipts and shit. And I'm like, this is a lot of work. And on top of everything, I mean, like everybody in the solopreneur business, they're like, okay, I am, I am marketing. I am, you know, they're all of the, the things in in business. Precisely. But so you give me something to think about, but that's the village. Yeah. Have you had an assistant or you know, a partner, which is why we're doing the podcast together. Cause damn, like who people do together. It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of like taking that time to, to get the content together. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for sharing that sis. All right, time for Brown Girl Cliff Notes. Let's go. (laughs) So um, chapter, what is this? Chapter six, part two. Um, It was a two part of this chapter two through the guidance of Jane Alfonso, Jane J. Alfonso. Uh, We explore the breakdown of the historical colonialism in the Philippines. She highlights how colonial theories Four phases of colonization were catastrophically implied in the Philippines as according to Fannin, 1965. Colonization states that one, it qualifies if it's a forced entry of a foreign group into geographic territory with the intention of exploiting the native people's natural resources. Uh, Number two, the establishment of a colonial society that is characterized by cultural imposition, cultural disintegration, and cultural recreation of the natives indigenous culture, all of which are intended to further create a contrast between the purportedly superior colonizers and the inferior colonized. Uh, you can't see me if you're not on the YouTube. Quote unquote. Quote unquote inferior and quote unquote superior. And remember those belly breaths because triggering, this was triggering. This was okay. triggering. This is a trigger warning, y'all. This, trigger warning. This chapter was deep. Number three, the portrayal of the colonized as wild. All right, keep breathing. And savage peoples that the colonizer has to police and tame. In essence, putting oppression and domination into practice. And number four, the final phase is the establishment of race-based societal system in which the political, social, and economic institutions in a colony are designed to benefit the colonizer and subjugate the colonized. Woo. So those are the four things that qualify 
colonialism. And so from 1521, the infamous, as y'all heard, Fernand Magellan, our favorite antagonist, mm. claimed the islands for King Philip II, the first Spanish settlement in 1565, and up to the infamous 1898 Treaty of Paris, where the United States acquired the Philippines from Spain for $20 million, by the way, which we are so much worth more than that, okay? I know. Ruled... <laughs> over for 50 years until we were granted quote unquote our independence in 1946 and it can be safe to say that the philippines and the filipinos across the diaspora have been through quite a lot so from fascinating terminologies that include but not limited to the golden legend to referencing the toma sites Ata jane Ate lenny and so many other researchers have paved the way with allowing us to think about how all this colonization has affected the diaspora consciousness. Yeah. Which is a framework we'll talk about in just a bit to understand the Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex American experience. Yeah. So Ate Jane ends the chapter uh, with a vulnerable sharing about her relative Filipino American story and how it ties into this interesting concept of the Babylon representing the healing part to Maria Clara and often referenced archetype of the Catholic Church's Virgin Mary. I'm sure we've all heard of Maria Clara. And the Virgin Mary. And the Virgin Mary. <laughs> so with Mary supposedly representing purity, chastity, and the tragic disembodiment, disembodiment of what it means to be authentically self-embodied Filipina. Through her psychosomatic therapeutic insights, we are able to consider how generations of colonization have manifested in our own bodies and how decolonizing is the way to healing. Mm. Her research, reflection, and recommendation serves as inspiration for us to continue the conversation around what it could mean to connect back with our mothers, the great mother, and the Babylon. Woo! Da -da -da. So yeah, that's the chapter, y'all. Um... It's a good one to read because we gave you pretty much the history of the Philippines, how we got colonized, and the memoir by um, Atta Jane. So yeah. check it out. And that that four phase colonial, the four phases of colonization. Uh, that was real. That was that hit home. I mean, because I think. It, since we've been doing this work a lot or we've been reading stuff like this like i've i've already had words for the de for the colonization process right of how i i became colonized right but just to see it's so succinct like one two three four it's like wow it's just laid out and articulated and if I were me at the beginning of my decolonization journey and seeing that that would make me have to put the book down for a little bit <laughs> honestly right trigger point trigger warning yes. so yeah belly breaths <laughs> um so yeah it's yeah it's a lot it's a lot and it's a rude awakening when you're like damn like we mm -hmm. were really victimized and we kind of are continuing to do that. And 
there are many other countries who are experiencing literally right now. Like, I don't know all the stories about the Ukraine and Russia thing, but it's, it's happening right now. It's not for natural resources. Apparently it's for like nuclear resources, which is, we're not going to give life force to that timeline, but you know. Yeah. Okay. So if you um, have read the chapter, feel free to comment, um, start a conversation with us, et cetera, et cetera. We'd love to know what you think about it and maybe some of your trigger trigger points or yeah. What thoughts come for you? Yeah. All right, so we hop into our two vocabulary words and then two quotes. Yay. I'll go first. Yep. So my vocabulary word was on page 148. And it is sama, which means smooth interpersonal relationship yeah kind of like um follow follow yeah so i don't know there was a lot of words in this particular paragraph um such as kapwa hia so things that we kind of already went over but i don't remember pakikisama so i Pick that one out just because it resonated um, with me because I don't know. I don't know if I have that <laughs> smooth interpersonal relationship. I'm, I guess I'm, let me put it into context. I don't have that necessarily when I, when I think of like my parents, which is always what I work with my mom, which is always what I think about when we're talking about, um, you know, because she in here she's talking about Maria Clara and womanhood and female agency, etc. So, um, and I just that's the word I picked. So it's nothing too deep. I just was like, oh, here's a a vocab word. There yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I was looking for the word in this paragraph, sis, and it says, just saying them made me feel happy. These words of in- interiority and wholeness. So different from the values I grew up knowing and resenting, where they seemed to privilege the other at the expense of self. Interesting. Yeah. The kiki sama. The kiki sama. The kiki sama. Sama. <laughs> well, pa ramdam is like your intuitiveness, intuition. Right. So, right. Yeah. And then, so I guess in the context of what she's talking about, says um they they seem to privilege the other at the expense of self so with the pakiki sama it's like just make sure everybody's okay with you at the expense of your own self you know Mm. oh that's deep yeah so it's like okay 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 it's okay yeah But it's not okay. But you're like, oh, I'll just go ahead and say that it's okay. Yeah. Speaks to like the culture of like not trying to make problems. Mm -hmm. 
which we'll dive into because I cannot wait to get to golden theory, golden whatever theory. Mm-hmm. So that was mine. You feel complete, sis? I do. Thank you. Okay. So what was your vocabulary words, sissy? My word, sis, was imperial rationality. Double consciousness. It's on page 134 and 136. It appears there a couple of times. And I was saying that I can't wait to get into golden legend syndrome. So here we are. I called it syndrome. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. 134, imperial rationality. It's on the second paragraph and it says, um, Campomanes, I guess the researcher, 1995, argues that the crisis of the Filipino American identity is rooted in an imperial rationality, which demands the forgetting of colonization. Mm-hmm. The Filipino Americans are transcribed by and within powerful acts of forgetting impressions of formlessness. Why, y'all? We need to start acknowledging this shit. Like, it's like ignoring a wound or, or a white elephant in the room. Like, dumb to me. So I, I just wanted to bring that up about how um, she kind of mentions, like, I don't want to believe that I have been oppressed and I feel ashamed that I should feel like a victim in any way. So it's like a double... I won't say entendre, but it's like a fragmentation of fragmentation. Like we're being shamed for being shamed. Yeah. And we need to not. So that brings me to um, the last down there, last paragraph. It's golden legend. I call it golden legend syndrome. And I have reflected on like how many like titos and titas I have that are like, like that. So golden legend, um, it says here, she speaks of the golden legend still held by many modern day Filipinos and Filipino Americans, the belief that pre-Hispanic Filipinos were uncivilized savages. I hate this word, by the way, Mm. who were gifted gifted culture and religion by the Spanish and later by the Americans. Mm -hmm. So pervasive and persistent is this golden legend that anyone growing up in the Philippines breathes it in with the air itself. Yes. We've forgotten who we are and it makes me really sad. It's like a the pandemic in the Philippines is golden legend syndrome. Like mm-hmm. we're in that sunken place. If you want to remember that movie, Get Out. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, so... Not everybody though, but I want to have hope, but I'm just saying, um, yeah, yeah, part of healing the wound is to decolonize, like we said earlier, and that's to recognize we were colonized. Mm-hmm. And how does that make you feel to know that, <laughs> like, no disrespect to the Catholic church, because it's part of like what my upbringing as well. I don't want to disrespect all the way. There's a, there's a certain validity. I claim you know, omnism, but these prayers are not all entirely ours. And that Mm -hmm. makes me feel a way about like reciting it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we're this golden legend thing. It's like, we're so proud to be colonized. (laughs) We're so proud to identify with the colonizer. Like on the next page, 135, Ati Jane says, I remember the discussions I would have with my cousins whose (coughs) families knew Spanish and how they thought this made them more Filipino somehow. Like, what? How are you going to betray Tagalog or all the other 
hella but, dialects. But okay. they don't think about it like that. Like if there is this pervasive, like <coughs> brainwashing, yeah. it's like in brainwashing upon brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so nuanced too, with the fact that America came in and after the Spanish and at that time, they probably saw the Americans as a better option than the Spanish. Do you know yeah. Yeah, literally in the next paragraph, she talked about Jane shares that her preschool teacher told her parents to not teach her Tagalog because it would interfere with her learning English. Yeah. What the? F- <laughs> and the parents listened, you know, and there's so many other parents who did that too and are doing it right now. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why um, my husband, Rob, he doesn't know Tagalog and he asked. Yes, I want to know. Yeah. Growing up. And then his mom was like, no, because I don't want you to be confused. And now there's all these studies about how bilingual kids are smart, <laughs> are super intelligent, right? Because the brain is the double working, whatever. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I, even me growing up, like I was ashamed of Tagalog because I was like, oh, it sounds so ugly, whatever. So we need to really shift this narrative. Like, yeah, like, um, I had someone, he's Filipino, but you know, sometimes you, you speak like, you know, like that, kind of the, speak like that the just accent, because, uh-huh. in the accent, because I don't know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's ours. It's ours. Right. And then I remember him saying like, it's not a very sexy language. It's not a very sexy accent. And I was like, to who though, to who, by what standard? Who told you that? And mm-hmm. why are we glorifying other like languages over our own? Like, like, oh, French, French is supposed to be romantic and sexy. Like, why? Who says Guess what? Who? Some of the French are assholes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Does that still make them sexy. Because when someone's mean, it's like, you're not really sexy anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's just language. This is like la- language of people speak. Like, why yeah. are we even sexualizing language? Why? Like what? Because patriarchy. Because tra- of patriarchy. Listen, <laughs> I told him, I told activated my- her. Uh-oh. Look uh, at her face. I told my best friend today. I was like, listen, you, there is a three headed beast. It is patriarchy colonization and capitalism mm-hmm. there it's a three-headed beast we're gonna like a little form yep because mm-hmm. you just you you think you're fighting patriarchy but you're also fighting capitalism somehow you're also fighting colonization you know what i'm saying <laughs> and to that extent i will say there is a place for those concepts we're not trying to demonize them or push them out of the way yeah. they're just been unregulated unchecked and unbalanced for so long yes look what's happening you. you know what i mean you need to be called out it's like those take accountability i don't know patriarch i don't know if there's any room for patriarchy i'm just gonna <laughs> put that out there listen okay. I, I was like look I don't know, all these stigmas, social, you know, stereotypes about Russia. They like red, they, you know, blood, and it's really happening right now. I'm like, can we just send them to Mars? <laughs> can they just go fight on a planet? Like, we have the technology to send them there. If they right. want to hash it out and fight, you know what they say about men when they want to fight? Let them fight because they just got to let it out. 
I was like, this is a white man war. I was like, <laughs> literally. I was like, damn, Putin, like, we are in a fucking global pandemic. Read the room. Nobody wants a war right now, okay? Die. Like, what? Like, no, nobody's economy is doing well anyway because of the pandemic or whatever. And <laughs> now you want to start a war? Like, read yeah. the room, bro. And it's also like, I want your oil. I need your oil. I'm not right? enjoying paying $7 for gas over here. It is not, the, it's not cute. Like, Why can't we just literally play well along. together? The fuck? Why can't we get along? Why can't we get along? That's the, and that's the, ma- but that's matriarchy. The matriarchy says, let everyone play nice on the playground. That's what I'm saying. Go to Mars. <laughs> Y'all go to Mars. That's why that planet, this is a, like cosmic theory. <laughs> We're not going to get into it, but that's why Mars is the way it is. It's burnt. There's nothing living on there, supposedly, but there was supposedly a time ago. So that, oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's the study break. Okay, we need to get back on topic. We can do this. (laughs) I'm done. Are you complete? Yes, I'm done. Okay. All right. We're hopping on to quotes. All right. So my quote was from. Uh, page 146, 147. And this is when Ati Jane kind of goes into her story, um, gets really vulnerable and goes into her story. So part of what she writes is, can I let go of this identity as Maria Clara, step out from behind the mirror and still feel connected to my mother and country? And here's what struck me. How can I be embodied being, how can I be an embodied being if people do not acknowledge the body that I am in? She goes on to say that too many times I've been told that the color of my skin doesn't matter. I'm seen as quote unquote, just a person, Mm. right? And then she goes on to say that I know I have found, I have been found lacking when I hear that my Chinese friend has been disowned from her family because she fell in love with a Filipino man. What? And then um, the other part of the quotes that I wanted to bring up was um, to decolonize is to reclaim the body. Yeah. Right. So she asked, how can I be an embodied being if people do not... <coughs> excuse me, acknowledge the body that I am, I am in and to decolonize is to reclaim the body. Right. I was, um, talk, I saw I'm in the middle of the Kali container and I was talking about, um, I was kind of talking about this last, last night. And remember in the last chapter, we talked about, uh, how Manong Lane pointed out the headhunters and how, the, for me, that was something that um, I was taught, like, see, that that was pointed to this, like, see, your ancestors were what? Savages, were primitive. But we learned the reason that they headhunted right. is to bring the head back Beautiful. to the village to honor it and to so that everybody remembers that that enemies are have faces and names so it was a very spiritual situation and i was like it is literally like the colonizers because they're the enemy 
came in, disembodied us, dismembered our heads and did not give us a feast to honor. Right. So mm-hmm. like some of the, the, some of the headhunters, they would bring it back to the, the head, back to the village, and they would ask the spirit of the person to be part of the community, to protect their village. So we got dismembered. We got beheaded in, in a sense, right? Because we were told to not remember our body. So we got disembodied and they didn't leave. They didn't have a feast for us. They didn't acknowledge our humanity. They didn't see our faces. They didn't throw us a feast. They didn't say, Hey, come be a part of the community. Yeah. So, yeah. So to, to decolonize is to remember the body. Yeah. That fucking struck me so hard. Cause I mean, that it put words to what I've been feeling um, in my decolonization journey from the very beginning is to remember that my body is good and that I'm allowed to be in my body because I am good. That's super deep because for, for me, with the chronic condition, yeah, autoimmune, you're rejecting yeah. yourself. Whoa. And so it's a matter of, Okay, soul, poetic you are. <laughs> my soul was like, I'm gonna come here with a thing that tells me to accept myself again, which is essentially, and I highlighted that too, sissy. Like I like circled, reclaim the body. Like, yeah. you know, so part of my journey right now, what I'm going through honestly is like reclaiming my body. And for some reason I was like, yeah, I'm gonna pick a brown curvy body too. So, <laughs> and I- <laughs> I love Lizzo. I go for her because she just released like this. I saw her promos for the show. I'm not trying, I'm trying to stay off media and TV lately, but it's not working all the way, but I do acknowledge there's some validity to the messages. Right. But she made, there was a snippet that really hit me like how it hit you. Mm -hmm. Um, She was like, you know, it's, it's hard for us to love ourselves because we're, we are born into a world where the world really tells us not to love ourselves. It's harder for us to love her, you know, Cause fat shaming and fat phobia is very real. Yeah. Here and all damn day at work, everybody wants to lose weight and they don't like their belly and yeah. they don't feel happy and all this stuff just because of who, of what, because this world propaganda, whatever is telling us not to exactly. love ourselves. And exactly. so I think it's really healing in a like ontondric way for me mm. right now on a cultural mm. level, on a ancestral wow. level, on a on a health level. And I'm, I'm been like, you know, it, it feels like a battle sometimes mm. to really like love yourself, despite the forces that be that tell you, you shouldn't, you know? And so, yeah, yeah but it, I have luckily, I was like, maybe I'll be an Aquarius. So I'm already naturally rebellious. <laughs> That's why and, you picked Aquarius. <laughs> right. And it's like, what did, there was a quote who said it? Um, He's an artist. Um, damn, he's an artist. But he was like, you know, in a world of um, the world that we live in, like loving yourself is a rebellious act. Yeah, yeah. And for Aquarius, I'm like, oh, rebel? What? You know? So, um, but I'm I'm learning that there's still intrinsic things that come up, and that's part of like reclaiming the body, right? So it's yeah. it's so ironic. I think I had like a little aha moment here. So y'all are witnessing it. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah. So that was reclaim your body. Reclaim right? the body. Your reclaim. body is beautiful. As mm-hmm. Amy says, at the Amy says, it's it's good. It's good enough. You know, and I I recognize we don't really take we take it for granted until something happens to it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just recovering from a foot injury. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. I'm taking a, I take a disadvantage of my foot. I, I, I take advantage of my foot. Like when it was healthy, it's, it's, I'm not tripping about going to the bathroom or like walking to yeah. the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Now I am. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah. Be uh, happy. You got limbs, <laughs> you got breath, you got all this stuff, you know? So and then one more thing, and then I'm complete. So I was thinking about this too. And I was like, you know, if we are disembodied, right. And especially, I feel like the church kind of the organized Christianity, Catholicism, whatever, perpetuates this idea that your body is bad. Your desires are bad. You know, your, your, your sexual desires are bad. Like, it's just sin. It's just all of it is sinful. You're born a sinner, right? You're not supposed to want some. Right? You're not supposed to want sex. You're not supposed to, but we need you to perpetuate the generation. So, right. So like, I need, we need you to make babies, but please don't enjoy it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What the hell is that? Like, yeah. And then if they, if you are, so if, I, so I'll speak from my experience. I was taught to forget about my body, right? To be disconnected from my body. So if I'm disconnected from my body, at, in extension, I'm also disconnected to the body of the earth, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that's, a, ooh, that's a study break too, sis. Because mm-hmm. I want to talk about connecting back to earth. Like. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how so much time can pass till we're like, I really have to go outside. Like I really cannot be disconnected. (laughs) I want to highlight that little string and like explode it because you have to go outside. Like there's so you, the pandemic was it. Like we were so inside for so long. We were like, damn, I got to go outside. And what's outside? That's mama earth. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, reclaim the body, reclaim your body, reclaim the earth. And let's, let's continue this decolonization journey. What did our ancestors say? We didn't say amen. Did we just, what did we know? That's what I want to know. We waved our Kali sticks. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and so it is. So when I've been praying with the kids at night, uh, instead of saying amen, I say, and so it is. So and it so is. my daughter, she, she finishes it. I say, and so, and she's like, it is, Aww. but my son, <coughs> he, I don't know. It's fine. But I say, and so it is. And he goes, amen, which is fine because that's what he chooses to say. Yeah. But the other night he was like, mom, did you realize that amen has the word men in it? I was like, yeah, son, that's why I don't say it. <laughs> I gave it. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> My poor son. He's timeless. He's timeless. <laughs> so anyway, I am complete. All now. right. Thank you. So um, my quote is on page 138. And I wanted, because the chapter was about Maria Clara, 
like kind of be like for folks tuning in, like who's Maria Clara? And basically to give you a little bit, like it was like Jose Rizal's like love interest. He wrote about her, but also like, um, I talk about how the church like glorified Maria Clara as like this pedestal mm -hmm. Filipina who happens to be like mestiza, Hispanic and, you know, like half European. Right, like light skin, eat it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> colorism is another thing we won't get into, but um, it's on page, yeah, 138. And it says, um, Maria stripped of any iconic or ironic or satirical reading of what Maria Clara represents, or even an alternative view of her being a spiritually strong woman who consciously chose a contemplative nun's life instead of an arranged marriage, as some critics have argued. Um, the development of her iconic status among Filipinos has resulted as I asserted from an internalized sense of oppression. Mm. So forced or coerced into <clears throat> Catholicism, the quote unquote dark body of the Filipina denigrated, the privileging of disembodied spiritual perfection over an embodied humanity mm. is unconsciously chosen. So um, to take refuge in Maria Clara is the spiritual bypass of the traumatized. But to her is, but to be her is an attempt to attain an impossible ideal, virginal, pure, selfless, and de endlessly devoted and half European. So we need to stop idolizing this like archetype. Maria Clara, you know, she existed. There's version. It's like Kim Kardashian, the Kardashian fucking dynasty. Excuse my language. Like we're we're idolizing something that harms us because we're not born that way we're not half european and we're yeah. not like <clears throat> like we're not tame right we're wild and we're brown as hell like right <laughs> so um Ooh. i even wrote here like Maria, is she the colonized babylon oh yeah, yeah. The thing is the dark version, you know what I'm saying? Dark version. Um, so the addiction to perfection is construed mis yeah, it's split between the body and the spirit. So, anyways, I wanted to highlight that as like Maria Clara. Fun fact too, sissy. You know, you were taught to in the church to not be in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, my church went so far to do fundraisers around Maria Clara. So I was in a Maria Clara fundraiser. Oh my gosh. And I ran like, I ran, um, I ran against two other contestants and it was like a beauty contest. Basically I got a Maria Clara dress I made. Yeah. Did you win? No, I I'm didn't. Sorry. I was second place or whatever. <sighs> What was the what first? Does that was mean he, anyway? Was the first place not no shade on whoever won, but was the first place person half European? She was definitely lighter than me. Yes, yeah. she <clears> was <throat> definitely more like the figure. I didn't even think of those things. I thought she won because her dress was more um, standard than mine. I had mine made. Mine had the colors of the Philippines. I had red. It looked like a parachute. <laughs> I look back at it, but I wanted to incorporate <laughs> the colors. I don't know. My mom, I was in, I was in high school. Yeah. You know, I was impressionable. It was, yeah. It was. Yeah. 
but it was literally like being in a beauty pageant that was church driven. Wow. We raised, we raised money. We were like getting ads for the church. <laughs> wow. And we went up there, did our speeches, showed talent, things like that. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That was church led. <laughs> yeah. You know, going back to the idea, the archetype of Maria Clara, even when I knew about this archetype, um, like, cause it's just in the culture, right? You, you just know that that Maria Clara, you're like, oh, that's what we should aim for. That's what, that's the, the ideal Filipina. Yeah. Yeah. I even, even back in the day before, even as a kid, my body didn't like it. Like the whole, like just quiet and demure and polite. Like my body was just like, just fucking like, oh, uh, no, I don't. That's I don't, not me. I yeah. don't Is that anybody though? I mean, maybe it's some people's personality. Yes. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to no shade on different types of personalities, et cetera, or um, <coughs> tendencies. Yes. Tendencies. However, like that can't be all of us. Yes. I was just going to say, if we are expressions of the divine, the creator, Ooh, God, yes. Bethala, we have all these characteristics, mm-hmm. but it's just a matter of recognizing which one is authentically yours. And, and this sort of Maria, thank you, sis, this sort of Maria Clara archetype being pushed upon us feels like they're trying to tame us. They're trying to make us smaller. They're trying to make us not, <clears throat> you know, like endlessly devoted. What does that even mean? Selfless, virginal. Devoted to who? Yeah, to like who? Oh. To the to patriarchal gaze? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I again, there's a part of me that's like, I don't mind that. Like, there's a human desire, like, you know, to be desired. You can't. Yeah. You can't shut that down, but it's like, I'm not about to do that as my purpose only to just yeah. be here to exist for your viewing pleasure. Exactly. You can view me and you can view me doing other things too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And plus like Maria Clara was pushed on the Filipino women because we are strong, because we are loud, because we are, we were an egalitarian uh, society. What tita do you know that is Maria Clara? Whose mom do you know that is Maria Clara? No, they were all like loud and like, like, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, if you really push them, they're like boisterous and happy and loud. And, and, you know, when they're in church, they act all poised and proper. That's because we go home. Girl, girl, that karaoke's on. They're dancing. What I'm saying. Down in shots smoking that archetype was laughing hella loud (laughs) that's what I'm thinking the hella loud laughter and I'm like this archetype was pushed on us because they don't want us to be who we are we are hella loud we laugh we laugh so much you know sometimes too much maybe sometimes but that's sometimes I'm I'm like are we laughing too much to like extricate repressed pain in us probably I know laughter is my coping mechanism (laughs) I don't laugh I'm gonna cry (laughs) yeah that's what I'm saying like um 
you know, laughter is medicine because it's release. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, Filipinos are fucking loud. Is it because we're laughing away our colonization? Maybe. Our, repressed, yeah. our oppression. Because <laughs> we're all over here like, oh, the golden, what was it? The golden dream, the golden journey, the golden, golden legend. Golden legend syndrome. Yeah. Anyway, that's the antidote. Laugh this Ooh. bullshit off because it's like, you wake up from this, you let the veil drop and you make it from this facade and you're just like, <laughs> like, okay. You know, I, w- I did say last night in container, I was like, you know, so it makes me angry, all the shit that we have to put up with, all the shit that we forgot through colonization. And I'm realizing like the next generation and the next generation is just going to continue this is my hope. And I, I see it already. Like they're just going to continue the decolonization journey. So I'm hoping that, you know, I was saying like, I hope my grandchildren come to me like Lola, we just learned this da 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 da. They just found these, these, this thing in history. They just, you know, whatever, like, so that's my, that's my hope that we can be angry, but that the next generation can be less angry. Or because they found stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are you complete with that? I am, sissy. Okay. As we end our conversation and close out this container with gratitude, once again, we bring recognition and honor to our ancestors, and all the ancestors of the lands we all occupy. Thank you for joining our conversation today. And as always, Stephanie and I leave you with a blessing. May your decolonization journey lead you to reclaim, connect, and love your own body. May you begin to see yourself through, not through the eyes of others, but through the lens of truth that you were created good from the beginning. And may your idea of home be expanded and redefined as being beyond the boundaries of geography for you have found a home within yourself. May community and Kapwa grow in your heart. And until we meet again, may you know that all is well and will be well and that no matter what happens, you are loved.